revive me according to your word. That is, Lord, take my ways away. Remove my own way from me. Teach me my, your own ways. Because if I was walking in your way, Lord, this is not what I mean. And it's not this where I want to be. It's where you said I will be. It's very important for us to understand it. What God wants to do is to control us, be the one inside us, around us, determining, look, determining our inheritance. He's the one that chose the inheritance of Israel for Israel. He's the one that mapped out the promised land. Abraham, I'm taking you to a land. Abraham did not know there was any land. He was okay where he was. It was God that came and said, I'll give you a land. Then I'll give you a son. Your, inherit, your, your descendants will inherit this land. He said the same thing. So the land was his idea. And that's what it is. And that's why David will keep on saying, there is a word that you list to your servant. Revive me according to that word. I hope you are getting my point here. So that's what this whole Psalm 109 is about. So that's why, in that Psalm, verse 49, David said, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. The word hope means I have expectation based on what you have spoken. My expectations are based, or my expectation is based upon what I discovered in your word. Daniel said, I, Daniel, understood by reading the books, the number of the years that the Lord appointed for the desolation of Jerusalem. That is 70 years. He was reading the book of Jeremiah when he, when he found out. They began to pray, Lord, revive us according to your word. Then what did he do? Daniel now began to declare their ways. And said, these have been our ways. And that's why we got here in the first place. Lord, we forsake that way. Revive us according to your promise. And because of that prayer, God began to move the machinery, put the machinery in motion to confirm the word that he promised. That's prayer. He said, the word has been my comfort in my affliction. He said, this is my comfort in my affliction. I am not supposed to focus my eyes on the affliction. I focus on the word. He said, your word is what comforts me in all my troubles. Now, I want to bring up some issues here. Now, in verse 55, because if you read everything, David was talking about his reaction. Let me just rush through this. 52, he says, I remember your ordinances from of old, O Lord. That's 52. I meditate on your age-old regulations. They comfort me. What does that mean? I check the way you said things have been. Let me just please say something here. Now, everybody, please listen to this. Many times in life, this is what happens. Like I told you, I am I'm careful when we want to you know, regulate our lives by results. I'm very careful. However, if things are not going the way you expect them to go. If things are not turning out the way you expect them to turn out. This is what David was teaching here in prayer. Like I said earlier, our first prayer is to go and say, Lord, what am I doing that's not proper? I'll be getting my point. You analyze your ways. Sometimes you say, look, I prayed. Was my prayer proper? Did I pray like Solomon prayed? Like Jesus taught us to pray? Or I prayed like the Gentiles? You do those, I said it before, that's what fasting is about. Fasting is not at all. Now, please, I need to say it again. It is not at all the way to change God's mind. Your hunger does not move him one inch. Your hunger does only one thing for you. It makes you hungry. 
God does not in any way reckon with it. Please, I need to say that for clearance to understand. Whether you have eaten or you have not eaten does not shift him in any way. It's as it affects you that matters. That is why I tell most Christians, and look, I'm, I'm convinced about it. That if you say you are fasting, and you are pacing up and down, your stomach is paining you. Hmm? Don't think it is spiritual discipline not to eat anything. Get a glass of juice, a camel, if, if it's prepared, because the process of preparation is a distraction. If it's already prepared, you have the drink in the fridge, take it. One roll of bread your wife left there, collect it. Eat it, drink it, and continue with the fast. You have not broken the fast. I pray Christians will get this point. You have not broken the fast. It, we are not doing legalism here. It is not when last did you eat? <laughs> no. See, and that is why if you are hungry eh, and you are washing clothes, you are not fasting. It's the day of your fast. You now bring out all your clothes to iron. He said, why? He said, ah, at least light day today. No, my light, not the day. <laughs> you have set this Saturday aside for fasting. Then you now decide that, as you're about to start, you know Satan is a tempter. He will go to his headquarters and say, bring their light. <laughs> as much as you say light, hey, light, okay, okay, please, <laughs> quickly pump water. <laughs> you get my point. You know, oh, ah, there's light. You quickly bring out your clothes. You are ironing. Ah, Checking before they take the light. You know, you know, Satan, he'll go and beg the EEDC manager, please don't take their light. Please don't take the light. Oh. They will read that light from 9 o'clock. The power will be on till 1. You will iron from 9 to 11. You have not eaten, no. As soon as I finish ironing, you now remember that your rug has not been vacuumed. You plug the vacuum, you will vacuum. By the time you finish, it is 2 o'clock. And you know, if you have a religious Pentecostal mind, you think you are fasting. Why? You have not eaten today. I have come to tell you today. You are not fasting. You are walking. Are you getting my point? You did not fast. You are fasting. They suddenly tell you. Knock, 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 knock. Say your friend is about. Okay, or let's say. Hey, do you, do you hear? Neymar is playing his first match at. What's the new club? PSG. I stop with these things when I'm reading news. Neymar is playing his first match. By the way, one of our brothers said, do you know why God made Neymar the most expensive player? That used to brandish this name Jesus. Even though they were persecuting him, he would brandish the name Jesus. Jesus said, okay, is that case? Since you are not ashamed of me before men, I will not be ashamed of you before my father and his holy money. Are you getting my point? The Lord is good. He said, ah, Neymar is playing his first match as PSG. I know what will happen that day. DSTV will refuse to switch off your subscription. You quickly go there, you put it on. You have not eaten, no? I'm watching, Neymar, Neymar, Neymar. <laughs> very, very, I say unto you, you are not fasting. Because that match is two hours, you know that. 45 minutes, break, 45 minutes, extra time. No, so. Am I not right? Have they changed the timing? <laughs> That's it now. 45, 45, break an extra time. Two hours. Don't forget, you are iron though. 
By evening, they say, what is, when they say we should stay, break the fast, six o'clock. By the time it's five o'clock. Hey, In the name of Jesus. Come on, don't fool God, don't fool me. The Bible says, behold, God is not mocked. Why are you trying to mock? You didn't fast. You're on hunger strike. A fasting man, that's what I'm talking about. When a woman says, I want to fast, it is to consider my ways. God does not change. It is to check whether I'm aligned with his ways. It is to try and hear from him. That is why football is worse than food. That's why ironing of clothes is just as bad as frying egg to eat. There's no difference. Both of them are distractions. And that's why I say, if at that time, you are the type that your stomach starts paining you, you start trembling. You know, so once they've not eaten like this, they start seeing double. It's not vision, it's double. <laughs> There's a difference between seeing vision and seeing double. They say, I put my body under. Eating is not a sin. When Paul said, I put my body under, what he meant was that I refuse to, you know, I don't fall for the things of comfort, I don't fall for sin, so that God does not lay me aside. You want to pray like this. You stand up, your head will shake. Listen, it's not the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's hunger. No, I'm, I know what I'm telling you. Just take it. You can't go and cook beans at that time. <laughs> Do you get my point? You can't drive out to the fast food joint to go and collect something. All of them constitute what? Distractions. The Christian fast is that, no. It doesn't have to be, listen, let me just say the truth. Eh? It doesn't have to be the whole day. You can do this regularly for a month and you're working. You have a business you're running. What does it just mean? Just start, okay, if you can't take leave from work, if it's your business, you normally get to the office by 8, 9. Tell everybody, please, this month I'll be arriving by 12. You iron the day before, do everything the day before. When you get back home, prepare. Six, as soon as you wake up, you dash into the bathroom, you have a bath, you brush your teeth so that it wakes you up properly. And don't go back to that room so that you don't fall asleep. Stand. I find it easy these days that we have smart devices. Take a message that's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Stand and listen to it. Let somebody teach you the word of faith. I was telling somebody about, um, okay, was Bishop and I talking today? That one of the reasons why I like a man like Sadhu Salvaraj is that he wakes, he wakes you up to the realm of the spirit. You can just listen to him for 30 minutes. Believe me, by hearing about spiritual things, your spirit becomes keen. You take a Bible, you read it. Then you start praying. And that's why I went to this because you start assessing your life. Yes, my business is not moving forward. That's why I'm, I'm trying to fast and pray. Because I'm supposed to be faithful, I'm supposed to be fruitful, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to multiply. Why is it not happening the way I said it? I, I thought it should happen. Then I start praying. Because actually the Holy Spirit wants to communicate things to us. He does. Many times it's the activities of the day that doesn't let us hear it. Many, most of those times it comes as just thoughts and ideas. You just start remembering things. So you start checking, have I been treating my staff as my own business? And the, word, the Holy Spirit starts coming, connecting words you've heard before. Tells you that, why didn't you pay them on time? So our clients have not paid. So that's why your clients will not pay. You should be the one that gives. You should be the head and not the tail. You do the good things first. You start taking notes down. That's what David was saying here. When he was talking about this. That is, I have remembered your ordinances from of, from of old, O oh Lord, and I comfort myself. You start checking, have I been fitting myself? This, this is what Christianity is. Have I been fitting myself with what the ordinances of God are? 
I met a man once. I told you the story here. One of our brothers, his boss. We met at the election, you know, on these last elections. So I said, ah. No, so he brought a book, Business by the Book. I said, sir, oh, you know this book? He said, yes. This is a man who does business literally, literally, in billions of naira. He now says something. Now listen to this. Oh. A man who has done business internationally. He said, Why? You, know, you know election, you come for accreditation, and then you wait to vote. So there, sometimes it's up to two hours while you are waiting. He said, I brought the book to keep myself company. Now listen to this. He said, I need to read things like this once in a while, just to check whether I'm still serving God or I have begun to save myself. Do you hear what I said? Is I need to read a book like this once in a while to check whether I'm still saving God or have begun to save myself. That was what David meant when he said, I have remembered your commandments of old, your ordinances of old, and comfort myself. That is, if I check and I've been following the ordinances, even though things are not working, I'm comforted. Because things not working are supposed to point to me where I have not been following. So if I pray, if I fast, fasting is not to change God's mind. The fasting doesn't change the mind of God. It's the time you take aside to check, have I been adapting myself to his ordinances of old? If the answer is yes, then I'm comforted. It's not arrogance. So. You the Lord, I'm checking my ways. Give me understanding and I shall live. Where am I not doing things that are proper? Are you getting my point? In now said in verse 53, burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked. Let's summarize like this. I am angry when I see people forsaking your law because I love that law. He said, your statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. That is, anywhere I go in life, the thing I meditate on, the things I put on my lips are the words that you have spoken. I'm wrapping myself around your word. That's what David was saying. Now, he now said this. Oh, Lord, I remember your name in the night, and I keep your law. New Living Translation is perfect there. I reflect at night on who you are, oh, Lord. Therefore, I obey your instructions. Please go and listen to the way, the truth, the life. When we talk about the Lord Jesus, he's not only a savior, he's our owner. That ownership thing is important for Christians to understand it. So we don't live the way we like we don't tell him what we want to achieve, then he blesses us to achieve it. No. We ask him what is it that he wants us to achieve. What has he set for us to do in life? That's how we reason. We know he's our judge. Peter said he warned us to solemnly testify that he's a God-appointed judge of the living and the dead. Now we're looking at the book of Revelations. We see that he comes to the church and he says, listen, I know your works. I know everything you are doing. I know the books you read. I know the books you refuse to read. I know the friends you have. I know how you behave. I know the websites you go to. I know every single thing. David said, I meditate on who you are. Therefore, when I recognize all of these things, nobody needs to tell me that I should obey your commandments. I might deceive people. I can't deceive you. You know me. You know my inward parts. You see, this is Christian prayer we are talking about. Are you kidding me? And I said, this has become mine, that I observe your precepts. When I went ahead to this verse 57, I read, the Lord is my portion. Now, please, I'm going to summarize because I, I kind of am in a hurry now, because I, I'm supposed to preach somewhere, and they're waiting for me now. 
Now, if you read from verse 57 to verse 64, where we read just now, let me summarize it. Now, what David said in this verse 57, down to that, because that segment, he was saying something which is summarized in verse 1. He said, the Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. Now, what, what, what was he saying when he said that? It's about the determination to hold on to the promises of God, to hold on to the ways of God, and to hold on to the commands of God, of the Lord, which we have been talking about. However, what is unique about here is that there David began to show the pressures, now listen to this, that try to take us away from there. That's what I noticed in this particular portion. And that's why it's a matter of prayer again. Prayer, listen, go and read that Hebrews chapter 4. When he was saying the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, he said that the word can get results. The word knows what it's doing. The word heals your body. The word brings forth your destiny. The word even brings obedience in you. He said, what is the problem? It's unbelief. If the word is not working, it is unbelief. He now said, what should we do? He said, let us draw near to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, what is that time of need? It's a time where temptation is strong, prompting us to disobey the word of God. That's what he was saying. So listen, we talked about it before, that obeying God is what we use prayer to do. Faith is not to use to get everything I want. Faith is, to, is used to conform myself to God's order for my life. People use faith to grab. They don't use faith to obey. The primary function of, of faith is to say, Lord, ah, look at temptation here. And temptations, let me say something to you. Temptations are not always bad. What I mean bad is that they don't always look bad. It's not only uh, a married man is going. A fine young chick starts tempting him. That's not the only thing about temptation. Sometimes, temptation is that I have planted you here. Teach the word here. Do ministry here. There's something, somebody already opens to, for you a door of business to make money and tells that when you make the money, they'll use to do ministry. The temptation of a good man is always a good thing. So instead of focusing on what you're supposed to do, doors will open. Like we said the other day, <laughs> Apostle, some of the time tell you that, look, if your church was in Abuja, it would be three times this size. And some of them tell you, he has found a land for you. Come and start. Yes, that's, temp- that's temptation. People think temptation is like, go and kill somebody. No, <laughs> no, no. When they tempted Jesus, when Jesus got angry and called Peter Satan, what did Peter say? You will not die. I don't know whether you got my point. All Peter said is that you will not die. Nobody's beating you. Nobody's crucifying you. As long as me, James, and John are here. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Temptations often appear good. So, for that reason, we keep ourselves on the path of true righteousness by faith. There are times we need to sit down and say, ah, Lord, <laughs> in fact, I was sitting sharing with Bishop today. A point in time came, I said, Lord, if this is, because, because of the academic work that I do, you know, you want to sit down, you know, you want to get promoted. Anytime I settle down on those things, eh, my spirit gets weighed down. Books and sermons I'm supposed to write, they start suffering. So one day I told the Lord, I dash you the promotion. As long as I said, this is tent making anyway. I dash, that is, nobody by ordinary, with prayer. Life can be tempting, no. Are you getting my point? 
when Jesus started ministry, they went and told John, the people you ordained, they started the church down the road. The church is now bigger than your own. What is more? When last did you see Peter? John says, eh, Peter doesn't come again. <laughs> what about James? His brother, John. You've seen them recently? No. Come and see Dickie Mike. He is now the one carrying the bag of Jesus. <laughs> Are you getting my point? Jesus was ordained in John's ministry. And this Jesus, instead of him to go to another town, <laughs> instead of me go another town, he went down the road and started his church. So people came to John and said, people, men are not loyal again. I was here the day you, you laid hands on him. He was shaking like this. Was that not what happened? No, was that not what happened? He took Jesus, in case you don't know, took him and dipped the word of God in water for baptism. Listen, if only the two of them knew what they were saying. Nobody has heard. It was John that was saying, Ha, me, baptize you. I'm not worthy to remove your shoes. In case you don't know, in a, in a home, the lowest level slave is the one that removes shoes to clean the feet of visitors. So John said, I am lower than the lowest slave in a household when it comes to you. Only the two of them know what they were talking about. He dipped Jesus. Jesus came out. Holy Spirit came upon him. He got anointed. Boah. John had been anointed by that time for 30 years. When did Jesus enter ministry? Jesus finished Bible school yesterday. <laughs> by the time he was baptizing Jesus, he had been anointed for 30 years. How do I know? From his mother's womb. They were about the same age, six months apart. And then that same young minister, to make it worse, your relative, it's your cousin, when that is clear half of your congregation. If you are not angry, you are anointed. <laughs> Trust me, you are anointed. Believe me, so that you will not be angry. That's what I'm talking about. You kill that anger by prayer. You will kneel down and say, Lord, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Lord, whoever you have chosen, let them do your work. I pray for my cousin down the road, who half of my church members have joined his church, and their tithes and offerings are now with him. In the- <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen to me. That's what prayer does for us Christians. So that's what, that's what he was saying here. So life can be tempting. That's what I'm saying. Things in life come to drag us away from obeying God. And David gave a few examples. He said, like here he said, I have sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your word. I considered my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to obey your commandments. Now this is one temptation. The cause of the wicked have encircled me. The presence of life come and say, disobey the commandments of God. The wicked will treat you unjustly so that you can disobey the commandment of God. He said, despite that, I have not forsaken your law. He said, at midnight, that's another point, midnight comes, trouble comes, sickness comes. Look, lack of money, that's the point. Many pastors, lack of money is why they started talking nonsense. I've seen pastors that did not believe, forget pastors. I remember one, one colleague of mine, young doctor, grew up a staunch Catholic, believed in the sanctity of life. When poverty hit him, he became an abortion specialist. Look, he told me to my face that, oh boy, it was not always like this. He said, the thing I fear the most in life is poverty. 
He said, when we were younger, I didn't used to do this. When the opportunities come, I refer them to my friends. So I didn't want to get involved. It's called midnight. The midnight of lack. The guy, look, oh God. Sometimes I'm praying, I say, Lord, those who don't know you, how do they cope? Sometimes I feel sorry for people when they do things that are against what I understand. But I realize they don't have understanding. They don't have understanding. That's why David will say, Lord, give me understanding and I may obey your commandments. Because if you look to the left, look to the right, they tell you there's no job, there's no future for your children. You will lie to go anywhere. Why some of us will not do that? Why you will not do that is simply because you have hope. You hear me preach all the time. I say, look, I don't care where my children will be. God will take care of them. That's why I will not lie to smuggle them to another country. The people have decided, they, they, they reach Europe. They say from there, they are from Meduguri. You see, Uche Chuku, Oke Chuku, his name will now become Danladi, you know, Usman. Why? I'm from Meduguri, they bomb my, our house. No, it will be Danladi Peter Usman. He has to put a Christian name so that they can allow him asylum. Why? He doesn't, there's no hope in front. Midnight. These are the pressures. So David said, at midnight, what do I do? I shall rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. Now, please, I'm going to read this. I'm really in a hurry now. Verse 63 said, David says something verse 63. This, now, I want to say many things before I read it. This is how I encourage myself so that I don't disobey you. This is how I walk so that my life will remain pleasing to you. I make myself a friend to anyone who fears you. Anyone who obeys your commandments. That's New Living Translation, verse 63. That's one method by which I obey you. If you look through this Psalm 119, you will notice that David gave us principles so that we can obey God. One, he said prayer. We see it's always praying. Help me to obey you. Give me understanding. Next, he said, I meditate on your statutes. I meditate on your ordinances. That's number two. What do I think about? What do I ruminate about? Number three, he said, I declare your ways before princes. That's what I say to people. A man came to me once, it was years ago, they were paying us some areas of money, all right, for my cater of people. Then they were supposed to pay like um, 400,000 naira to my level. They paid, I got a lot, 800K. I said, this is for big boys, so not for me. I went to the accounts department. I said, what is going on here? Oh, woman said, I was coming to come and see you. I was coming to come and see you. So he followed me out. He said, said, Doc, there's no problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. Just give me a check for 200,000. I can keep the rest. (laughs) He said, nobody will know. I looked at him. I said, somebody will know. He said, no. He said, we are the ones doing it. Nobody will know. I did like this. I said, somebody will know. (laughs) I pointed my finger to the sky. I said, somebody will know. He got my point. I have declared your ordinances before princes. That's what he's saying. I have said to them, it is you I serve. When I was seven, that my colleague I was telling you about, who was an abortion specialist. One day, one guy came to me. Please, there's a problem. His girlfriend is pregnant. So, eh, what's my problem? Okay, I can do antenatal care. There's no problem. <laughs> can give drugs, you know, take care of the pregnancy. He said, no now. What is no? <laughs> he said that uh, he needs to terminate the pregnancy. That he do- now, listen to the point. Now, he doesn't want to go to the other guy. That guy, he doesn't like one guy there. He doesn't like. So, that's why he came to me. You know, there's a way you say, when, when you want to give yourself trouble, you will say, you see, it's not good, though. You know, you know, in America, in Europe, in Nigeria, the Pope in Catholic Church said, you know, the Anglican priest said, no. You say things that will give yourself trouble. I said, Ogami, I'm a Christian. If I do it, I will die and go to hell. Boom. 
That ends the trouble there. And who will come and argue with you that you should die and go to hell? <laughs> he looked at me like, I said, oh, what? it's a hell, hellfire matter. <laughs> it's a hellfire matter. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> That's what David may want to say. I declare your statues before princes. Let everybody know, say, I decrease for head. I'm not normal. I'm not normal. And God has helped me where I work, you know, in the hospital there. I've held positions before of authority, which involves moving money up and down. I told the day a man came to me where I was, I said, look, do this job, I pay you 1.5 million. He said, no, his money is 1.7. We spoke, no, I told him I'll give him 1.4. We kept on arguing up and down. Then suddenly something struck me. This thing can be done, and at 1.4 million, you are making a huge profit. I even told him, if you do it in the next five days, I'll make the CMD send an extra 50,000 for you. I said, don't worry about it. I know I'm going to do it. The guy insisted 1.7 million. So I said, well, sorry, we don't have a deal then. He said, yes. So he got up to leave my office. Suddenly, so, and, and you know, you know when the Holy Spirit is nudging you. I said, come. You don't have to give me anything. He turned. You know what? 1.4 million was okay for him. The 300,000 naira on top was for me. It, but he didn't say it. He said he used to work in Nitel. He said the money won't come out except my portion is inside. I said, don't worry about it. You don't have to give me anything. You know what he said to me? Which church do you go to? Wow. He said, which church do you go to? He said he used to work in Nitel. That he knows his money won't come out. So that's why, he, once my own was not inside, his name is not doing. I said, don't worry. I promise you. Because we're under pressure for certain reasons. You will get your money out. In a week, I got his money out. I gave him the 50000 extra I promised him. The guy could not believe it. Listen, one of the ways we keep our straight, past straight, for that reason, in the hospital there, one day I told somebody, they said, retire some money. I said, he said, he said doc, you know. It is you. Now that's why I said they know you. So once I'm the one that makes a claim, they got that. Sign it. It's not lying. He didn't, don't worry. He didn't eat the money. So David said, these are the ways I keep my way pure. One, prayer. Two, meditation. Three, declarations. Four, I keep the right company. My friends are those who obey the word of God. You can't want a good marriage. Your best friend is an adulterer. No. Once you start planning to get married, clean him out of, if he's a Christian, he can't be your friend. He's an unbeliever. Clean him out of your life. Because he's subject to prayer and, you know, and sharing the gospel. Not a bosom friend. And last of all, David said, I keep thanking God. Every time he's always giving the Lord thanks. Let's ask to our feet. Let's begin to give him thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's lift our voice and give him praise. Let's thank him for the words that we've heard. Thank him. Lift your voice and bless the name of Jesus. Thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you. I rejoice at thy word. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. That word is working in you. That word is changing you. All you need to do is to take in the word of God, and that is what you've been doing. He's working in you. Just give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I give you praise. 
I'm changing by your word. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm a man of integrity. I'm a woman of integrity. Thank you because I love your word. Please give him thanks. Still give him thanks. The last point that Pastor made about the life of David was that he was a man of thanksgiving. You know, I read somewhere in the Bible, ingratitude was actually compared with um, sexual immorality. That's how witty it is. I don't have time to bring it now, but just keep giving God thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for this truth that you have sent my way. This is the truth that you have sent my way, and I give you the praise for it. Not everybody has access to this truth, but you have access to it. Say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I give you praise. Let's just take some declarations. Let's say, Father, in the name of Jesus, say, I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord over my marriage. Say, Jesus is Lord over my business. Say, Jesus is Lord over Nigeria. Once again, declare in the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus is Lord over my life. Say it one more time. Say, Jesus is Lord over my life. Say in the name of Jesus, I am a new creature in Christ. Say, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Say, behold, in my life, all things are new. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I know I have eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. The very life and nature of God is in me. Say once again, say the very life and nature of God is in me. Say in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I overcome all the works of the devil. Say one more time, I overcome all the works of the devil. Say I overcome anger. I overcome covetousness. I overcome greed. Say in the name of Jesus, I am a slave to Christ. I am not a slave to sin. Say, I am not a slave to sin. Say, in the name of Jesus, sin shall not have dominion over me. Say it one more time. Say, sin shall not have dominion over me. Because I am a slave to Christ. Say, in the name of Jesus, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say one more time. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say in the name of Jesus, I do not have the spirit of fear. I do not have the spirit of timidity. Say I have a sound mind. I have wisdom. I have understanding. I think like God. Say it one more time. Say I think like God. One more time. Say I think like God. Say in the name of Jesus, it is God who is at work in me, both to will and to do. Say, God is at work in me. He's empowered me. Say, I'm empowered to do. Say one more time. Say, I'm empowered to do. Say, I can please God. I can live holy. I can live righteous. Because Christ is in me. Say, in the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not lack. Say, I shall not lack. 
Say in the name of Jesus, because God loves me, he will not withhold anything good from me. Say my blessing carries my name. Say in the name of Jesus, the Lord is my strength and my life. Say it one more time, the Lord is my strength and my life. And I'm strong in the Lord. Say with favor. Say with favor. The Lord has surrounded me. Say in the name of Jesus. I'm not afraid of what men would do to me. Say I'm not afraid of what men would do to me. Say if I look up to the hills. My help does not come from there. My help comes from the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Say in the name of Jesus. My help comes from God. My help does not come from any man. Say, God is my source. Say it one more time. Say, God is my source. Say it one more time. Say, God is my source. Lift your voice and give God thanks this evening. Thank Him. Thank Him. There's tremendous power in these declarations that we've been declaring. There's power. As you say in those words, power is made available. God is releasing power. God is releasing power. Five things Pastor said this evening. said prayer, meditation on the word, declaration, association, and thanksgiving. Give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for this word. I give you praise. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you so much. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thanksgiving we, we receive this word. And Lord, we ask that um, uh, we'll be doers and not just near us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask, Lord, that this word, words that you've spoken to us this evening, we produce fruits in our lives. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. How many of us were blessed? I believe um, every one of us were blessed. I like to take notes every time um, the word of God comes. Pastor made five points, and I'd like us to go home with that. He said, number one, David talked of prayers. Number two, he talked about declaring the words. Number three, talks about, uh, sorry, number two, meditation. Number three, declaration. Number four, he talks about right, uh, association. Then number five, thanksgiving. All right, let's give God thanks for this word that we've um, heard today. Let's say, Lord, we thank you for your word. Say in the name of Jesus. We have strength to obey. Say, we have strength to obey. Say, I have strength to obey. Say, in the name of Jesus, this words will produce in my life. Say, the words will produce in my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's um, take our declarations as we go home. One, two, three, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death. And we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out of under the curse into the blessings. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Please say to um, your brother or your sister by your right or to your left, say, This is your season. One more person. And let's declare concerning ourselves, 
This is my season of multiplication and dominion. Share of brethren.